Previously on Stargate Atlantis. You have some Wraith DNA. She can actually see what's happening. I am on a ship. We're sending an IDC? Who is it? Stargate Command. All we have to do is hold out until the Daedalus gets here. Then we can use the ZPM to power the city shield. Multiple signals, sir. We couldn't see them until they were right on top of us. Colonel Marshall Sumner was a very good friend of mine. You admit to firing the shot that killed him. The Wraith. They are in Atlantis. They're sending in another wave. Fly the puddle jumper in stealth mode right down their throats. Are you volunteering for a suicide mission? You can't. I have to. the conclusion <laughs> you know it just came to me like when at that point when shepherd said i'm gonna going on a suicide mission and she goes you can't i was just like why can't he like that's the only reason like he's the man to do it but then i realized she was mazzing over him for like ten thousand years <laughs> and then and then because she kind of masturbated everywhere in all of atlantis she I think that's where Shepard came up with the puddle jumper name because when he opened the door to the ship, he had to jump over the puddle. And we're back. (laughs) And we're back. I was just going to say, I love the way he says, um, I have to, and you know it. Just the way he says, and you know it. His face acting there is outstanding. Yeah, (laughs) If you haven't watched it previously on that episode for a while, go back and treat yourself. It does, it does also like jolt me every time because in my brain, every time Beckett says you have some Wraith DNA, he adds deer on the end. Mm. Deer. You have some Wraith DNA, deer. He doesn't actually say that. I'm pretty sure that's Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> but in my brain, those two things have combined. And you Beckett says, fair, dear. Yeah, so he's like, you have some Wraith DNA, deer. <laughs> that's how it will always be in my brain. I can't not hear that doesn't exist you also have some shepherd's dna dear <laughs> everyone as, has some as do we all <laughs> Get into gate episode 190. We are talking Stargate Atlantis season two. Here we go. If you don't mind, episode one, the siege part three. How's it? Sorry, season two, episode one, siege part three. Wow, we covered everything. Stargate Atlantis is here to rock your world. My name is Mitch. Joining me, get into gates, Brenda Gibson. Hello. And also, Brett, get into gates. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here because this is get into gate. It's Matty Gibson. Yow. Yow. What's doing? Oh, part three. There we go. I'm actually glad we got to listen to that um, previously on. And I only rewatched the episode this morning and still I was like engaged with that previously on because I think my big thing that's going to come up soon once we really get into things is there is a lot that goes on in this episode and being reminded about what came previously, there was a lot that has led up to this moment. And I think now, once again, even after having rewatched it, uh, I kind of want to go back and rewatch the trilogy of the siege all over again and just (laughs) see what kind of Stargate Atlantis movie it makes. Because I was going to say in your brain, you're already cutting it all together as one feature, aren't you? Look a little bit. I've made some cuts. I've made some cuts. (laughs) 
yeah, I think I think number three is my favorite. Like Siege Part Three, I think is the best of all three. And as we've known in the past with Stargate, with two parters, and like this is our first kind of official three parter. Two parters sometimes is always like you know the ending always seems to be a little bit lackluster. Mm. But I feel like with Siege, they've kind of broken that, and it's like it just builds, 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 builds to a really, really Mm. good final episode. Yeah, I guess they had to break the budget over two seasons. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> which kind yeah. of it, it works, works. Yeah, because yeah, I love I love this episode. It's good. Yeah, especially I, I, because Ford fell off the rails, and you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, right at the start, you're like, oh man, this yeah. season is gonna be awesome. The they splash was a little whack. I thought the CGI yeah. splash, the CGI the long splash fall, was a long yeah. fall. Yeah, the long slow mo. Was it a slow mo fall? But not. It felt like it, but I guess I guess you know, the you know if they fell off one of the really high towers in Atlantis, like if they're in the, yeah. I mean, like, I guess. Oh no, you can fall into the water from the main tower. I think there is a little bit of space around like the base, like of the main shaft tower, for him to like be able to fall into the water. But then I guess later on you see that he's outside the city shield. So for him to be out there, I guess he would have to fallen off one of the piers, which aren't as tall. I don't know. Maybe he drifted out there. We often talk about where CGI lets the story down because, or the acting down, because they might look a certain way and then the people doing the CGI after will, you know, have something not appear for another five seconds. And you're like, what was that actor looking at? And it's like, no, 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 the the CGI just didn't do their bit. Whereas in this, it's almost like the CGI let the CGI down because here we are going, was it too big of a splash? Was it in slow motion? Whereas when I watched (laughs) it, I'm like, oh, they're up really tall. So it would take that long to fall. But then when he hit the water, the splash was massive because it was like he didn't fall that far at all. It was like a 20 Mm -hmm. meter fall as opposed to a 60, 70 meter fall. So yeah, it should have just been blip. Yeah, yeah, tiny little, tiny little droplet. It- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's everyone yeah. in grade ten. Yeah, <laughs> there's one of our teachers out the there. Yeah, one of our teachers right now is listening to this, just getting cold shivers. <laughs> yeah, skin just crawling. Yeah. Just all right. Well, we'll oh, actually shit. off the back of that. I do want to read the uh, synopsis to see where it goes. Oh yeah, I forgot about the synopsis because we did the well, previously on. Brilliant. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. So the siege part three. Uh, look. Directed by the wonderful Martin Wood and for Maddie's favourite part of the siege, written by Martin Gero. Yeah. I don't mind. Didn't you didn't that. say this is the best of the trilogy, Maddie? You did. I know. That's why I was hoping you wouldn't bring up who it was written by. <laughs> <laughs> We're nothing, if not honest. The Siege Part 3, Lieutenant Aiden Ford. That's right. I learned his name was Aiden in this episode after a full season with the character. <laughs> I thought Lieutenant it was Rainbow. <laughs> Aiden Ford's quick recovery after encountering a wraith leads Dr. Beckett to worry that Ford may have been infected with a wraith enzyme, a.k.a. some type of wraith DNA. Meanwhile, the team's released. Yeah. After surviving the Wraith's yeah. first assault on Atlantis, is short-lived as the Wraith are planning the next wave of their onslaught. McKay devises a drastic plan, but time is running out. It's actually starting to sound a bit like a... Uh, it's longer, but it's starting mm-hmm. to sound a little bit more like an SG-1 DVD synopsis, which I like because I feel like season one, they were just like short rundowns of the entire episode. So uh, this is good. I like yeah. where we're going. I like where we're heading. But there you well, go. Um, Siege Part 3. I mean, they brought it up as like the main head A-line plot is Aiden. Mitchell, yeah, that's yeah. Weird. what do you think? They finally made Aiden, um, made Ford interesting and now he's gone. There, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, we're going to need to, you know, put you back to sleep or take you, you know, take you out to the farm or something. And uh, first of all, I guess like that, what I 
loved and laughed at at the same time with the start of this episode is that obviously the way that it ended, it can't pick up three days later. Still be the siege part three, but like, well, we're glad this happened. But now the proper epilogue comes. It was like the second after it ended in season one, it picks up and it's like, hang on, Taylor, is she dead? And and Ford and his men are encountered. They're surrounded by Wraith on the deck and uh, and and Shepard's uh, going up, uh, you know, on his suicide mission. And oh, it's all in trouble. And the, what's the what's the 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 general? Um, uh, Everett. Everett, there you go. There you go, oh, yeah, yeah douchebag. I had Caldwell in my head today for some reason. I don't know what. That is um the, the, the Daedalus, the Daedalus Colonel. Commander. Stop it. Okay, well, okay. I was listening to something, so that's great. Um, Caldwell. Caldwell. <laughs> and, uh, and then it picks up and it's like, what's Ford going to do? Oh, they're just going to shoot their way out. And it's like, I feel like he could have done that at the end of last season. And, you know, um, Taylor, is she? No, of course she's not dead. She got away or whatever was going on. So like he's, they're shooting their way out, which is good. He goes down. And it's like, shit, that doesn't look like something you're going to come back from. But that's also not the way that you get rid of a season one full time <laughs> character. Mm, um, so yeah. that was a really cool way when they brought him back first on the Daedalus and then, uh, which well, I'm just completely skipping over the excitement of the Daedalus, but I guess we'll, oh, we'll get to that. that. And then to bring him back and they're like, you're going to need security down there, but they didn't show it. And it wasn't until they show him actually in, uh, in the Atlantis base and to had to sit there like two unconscious bodies, but to have that wraith just reaching out, still attached to his chest. And I'm like, that's a pretty yeah. horrifying look. And then to find out that, Oh yeah, he's been out there for hours or whatever. And this yeah. guy face down in the water, kind of like, yeah, like essentially slowly feeding off him and slowly keeping yeah. him alive. And it's like, this is a bit of a horror show. So yeah, it's, it, I mean, that, that Wraith must have some really strong kegels in mm. their like hand vagina to be able to hold onto him that long in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <without>. Underwater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it, <laughs> like I, I liked even the way that he performed it. There was a couple of lines there where you know, like they shove in the. I guess we can, can blame Giro for this, but the sort of generic line where a good person goes bad for X reason, where he's like, "You're you're all afraid of me now," and I'm like, "Oh my god, um, yeah, you're but, just jealous." Yeah, you're jealous of my power, and I'm like, oh, "Stop <laughs> it! Shut up!" Okay, I I get it. I get what you're trying. That's again, this is where it strikes me. It's like that's the first draft. You're like. I don't want to write this now, but oh, you're afraid of my power. I'll come back and rewrite that. Yeah, yeah. that was like a placeholder. That was, yeah. You forget about that, and all of a sudden it's That's printed funny. in front of 20 actors. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's like I, I like the, I guess, extra myth, kind of mythology about it where they start talking about the the enzymes and how they don't know. And I'm like, oh, mm. what? when he says, oh, do you mind? It's a bit, it, it, what's he say? It's not a bit gross, Beckett. But he said, I'm going to go and harvest some out of the body. Oh, of the yeah, it's a bit. Oh, the cadavers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not, find not it a carb, bit, but similarly, it's like yeah. Beckett also seems to be a bit of a lightning rod for exposition. Yeah. Like all he has to say is, "From what we understand," yeah, and then <laughs> do you think we the don't understand that the writer lore. enters new law? Like, yeah, yeah. do you think maybe that's the secret on the writers in the writers' room? Look, if we can't help but just have some exposition, can we give it to a character with an accent? Like, yeah, yeah. give it to give it to him <laughs> or give it to um, what's the Czech bloke's name? Uh, Radic Zelenka. Yeah, Zelenka. Yeah, Zelenka. Give it to Zelenka or give yeah. it to Beckett and. 
the silly white people with English and American accents won't think too hard because it yeah. sounds different. So it's, and it does like, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm a simpleton. And if I hear a guy with a European accent, I will naturally think that he is smarter than me and whatever he says makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. Plot twist is we always thought, you know, McKay was the substitute for Carter in these, in, in Atlantis. Turns out it's <laughs> yeah. actually Beckett, <laughs> yeah. you know, because McKay just knows everything and yeah. knows that he knows everything. Whereas Beckett will say, well, we don't understand, but what we think is, well, which is yeah. obviously their version of Carter saying, theoretically, yeah. Or, yeah. according to quantum physics. It's very advanced. Yeah. 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 So I like the the enzyme thing that they're like, oh, we can harvest some. And I'm like, oh, well, I wonder what else you could apply that to. Like, yeah. is, that, is that something yeah. you and can And we never use? see it again. Ah, oh, no, damn it. No, we do. We do. So, we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I dug that, I guess, and then yeah, for for Ford, like it's it gave them some extra peril, and like I said at the top, I was watching this, and it got fifteen minutes in, twenty minutes in, twenty five minutes, in. and I I wish that when I was halfway through, I'm like I almost want to start again and time the breathing points between big threats, you know, like once the the yeah. action at the start dies down, there's honestly a minute and a half breathing space before they're like, let's take the fight to them. And all of a sudden they're out there in deep space. And I think, I think there's a McKay moment that like shows that perfectly when it's like, he gets the shield up and he's mm. like, okay, I'm officially done. And he lies down like mm. on the ground in front of the ZPM station. He's like, I'm just mm. going to lie down. I'm going to curl up with the biggest sandwich I can find. <laughs> and Taylor's like, you know, there's still a whole bunch of wraith here, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, of course there is. So it's like, and that's the perfect. He's like, he got 10 seconds to breathe and then it's mm. next threat. Yeah, really what's, that, what's that? What's that Gaga thing? Next, next club, next club, another club, bus, no sleep. <laughs> next. <laughs> I just, there was that's, so that's much McKay. going on. I just, I like, I, I, even after watching it a week ago, coming back, I'm like, I'm remembering all this stuff that hasn't happened yet. And I'm looking at the time code going, we're over halfway. And then the mm. really the Ford stuff didn't start to happen until about 15 minutes before the end of the episode or something. And I'm like, when they bothered is, to actually look for him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm like, how, how is the, how are they going to squeeze? And I don't remember being disappointed at watching it the first time. Like, Oh, it felt rushed or anything. Like I no. don't know how they're going to squeeze all of this in. And I've already seen that they do. So that's what really makes you. And just watching that previously on at the start, uh, I didn't rewatch um, part one, but I watched sort of the second half of part two and then straight into part three uh, when I first watched it. And now I'm like, oh, I really want to go back and sort of watch, I guess, what now can be considered the slow third of number one, where McKay is out there fixing up that satellite out. That was, yeah. How long ago one, does right? that feel like? Yeah. How long <laughs> ago does yeah. that feel? And like, obviously, you know, in real time, podcast, it was long ago. It was long ago. But um, <laughs> like, it, it, it does seem like a separate episode because I remember raving on about part two and just the darts and the, the uh, I guess, inner atmosphere, space fights and all that sort of stuff. Um, um, that that part two was that that felt really cool and different because we haven't been able to see something quite like that in SG one. But I, I I it wasn't that I didn't like part one. I actually appreciate the slow build up to what part two was going to be, and then not knowing what part three was for a couple of months. Really, I'd love to go back and sit down for two hours and watch a movie length episode of mm. the siege mm. and be able to appreciate the slow first third and then what becomes just a, an insane action film for the next you know hour so i think if there was ever any doubt this episode proves it that the show hates forward 
purely <laughs> because of one they finally let him have a badass moment where his character gets interesting and has levels and stuff like that and mm. you're like yeah i could get on board with this character this, he's gonna be like a loose cannon he's gonna be really interesting and then they give him those f-ing goggles and they'll and i'm like <laughs> really any threat ford ever placed was gone the second he wore those f-ing goggles See, i kind of dug it because i'm looking at them going it looks like they've taken some of jack o'neill's desert goggles and just spray painted <laughs> them white they kind of look no. like that to me, it looks like a, a an extra, like a, a prop piece they bought from um, the the Willy Wonka movie that yeah. um, Old Mate did. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp one, yeah. Yeah. Looks like a prop they bought from that. I was like, come like on. Or, or, a, goggles. or a Lenny Kravitz pair of sunglasses yeah. or something like that. <laughs> well, I didn't, like, come on. I didn't think about it the first time because the first time I actually did appreciate sort of like, I guess, oh, that's right. Oh, he's a looming threat. He's awake. But re-watching it today and I thought, Ah, well done, Brendan, pulling it up on the screen. Yeah, you're right, actually. I rewatched Why? it. In fairness, I rewatched it on my phone. So those goggles look really, <laughs> they looked unthreatening to me, but now they're yeah. so big. Um, I think because yeah. of the, the even, tinted even lenses like as well. Civil, Civil War Falcon is like, those are some fucked up goggles. <laughs> like, even he's like, come on, man. Why you got to put a black man in goggles? Because <laughs> Anthony Mackie could pull it off. I'm yeah. not so sure about. Um, rainbow okay look we've, no. we've gone down a deep dark rabbit hole so anyway how good's ford um <laughs> I, I, so you, you bring up his I'm... goggles and that's what it turns into that's what it they turns... want to do they mm-hmm. hate ford so much they you know want you to turn into like old people wearing goggles and thongs and you know what it was it, re-watching and just seeing that image brennan put up it was because the lenses were colored and i think they magnified his eyes a little bit so when he's laying yeah. there pretending to be unconscious and or asleep whatever uh and he's uh and then they say something that alerts him. And he opened his eyes. It's not just like, oh, the potentially evil guy is listening. It's like, mm. boing, like these giant like, goggles. And it's like, oh, that- oh, wait, we've given him this prosthetic over one eye and made it look like like one iris of his eye. Is it the mm. iris of the black part or the pupil? That's pupil, isn't it? Pupil is the black part. Pupil yes. is the black part. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the whole point is they made it look like it's like hyper dilated or whatever to the point mm. where his whole eye is just all pupil. Oh, uh, okay. That's how I've always right. sort of perceived it. Yeah, Apparently, that makes I, sense. I read in some um, trivia that originally they were going to do it white, but mm. they'd also just created the Ori and the um, mm. priors over on SG1. Spoiler alert. Um, so they're like, oh, no, we won't do another white eye. We'll do we'll do a black eye. So to me, it always looks like a pupil that's been hyperdilated. But it's like they've given it a cool makes prosthetic. makes sense because he had like a hectic drug over yeah almost, yeah so. that's it and he's like around his eye was all he's like weird and yeah <laughs> so it's like that would have given us an opportunity to get a close-up look at that and make him look real bad i was like now we're gonna put these willy wonka goggles on him oh yeah yeah why because like, i didn't come bring on him. man yeah, that's i hadn't thought was it just me or did his kind of the burn marks around his eyes like that makeup prosthetic like the it just did not merge with the yeah. rest of his skin. He was, yeah, yeah it was a little rough. It was a little rough. He kind of looked like, I don't know, like he's, it was like swelling and like his his skin had kind of puckered and wrinkled as like, almost like his, I don't know whether it's like his brow bone or his cheekbone had like broken and moved or done something. But mm. yeah, it wasn't quite, quite spot on. Well, you know what they say. Interesting. It kind of made me kind of go, oh, he's all fucked up. What's wrong? 
Yeah. They said black don't crack, and all of a sudden they had to make half of this beautiful <laughs> black man's face crack. And it's like, I'm sorry, I, I just can't buy. Not buying it. I can buy these rates. I can buy these ships. I can buy interstellar travel. You're I can buy the me, goggles. You're gonna tell me this black man looks that old and half his face? I don't buy it. Not for a don't second. Buy it. Not nope. for a second. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And as a white man, I sign off on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, the black actually that was like that made for the scariest sort of like five seconds of the of of his entire episode was not anything actually physically violent that he did was that moment where you first saw the black eye when he turned around he's like i'm fine i'm fine i'm like oh mm. shit you really are oh i think the creepiest one was like he just appeared next to weir and was like where do you want me and she's yeah. like what the f-? and <laughs> the way she reacted like she didn't kind of like she didn't so much physically kind of recoil yeah. like just you could tell she felt uncomfortable she's like oh like she didn't mm. feel like you know Weir's never not felt in control. Like she's always been very much on the queen bee. You'll bow down, but she just felt really uncomfortable with him being there and, and felt awkward even trying to be like, nah, dude. Like <laughs> you need to you need to chill because otherwise, yeah, she would be the one that would be pinned up by her neck to the to the wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think like, she felt that coming. She's like, oh, yeah, she's like, oh, I don't want to. Uh, I don't. I don't want to get Andrew uh, O'Keefe. So I'm just Beckett? gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay quiet. And let uh, let Beckett t- cop that one. Yeah. Yeah. I um. Weird. I liked. Uh, this is the first time we see the Asgard beaming technology in Atlantis. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a nice recall when the writers kind of took note of that. Because that, like, if you listen to this bit. Rodney kind of does some exposition for the, for the. Um, oh, of course, and lets people know. Lets yeah, in people our brain, know who are first time. Yeah, in our brain, Atlantis. you'd watch SG One, but now we know some people have watched Atlantis first. Yeah, so if you watch this bit, like everyone's half the people are shocked, but not McKay. Mm. Doctor McKay, present. Yes. I trust you'll know what to do with this. The two SOs beam down. ZPM, sir. ZPM box. How did they do that? Uh, Daedalus is loaded with Asgard technology. And the beaming technology is the first part of it. They've got right. things like, let's say we get the shields back up. What say we? Yeah, that's yeah, actually no. perfectly yeah. explained. That was written and that's shot. Like, yeah, like the fact that we're only getting what we need to know, but they... You know, he gets cut off telling us more, and it's like, okay, that's a bit cliche in a way. But the, you give that line to someone who's ex, as excitable as McKay would be when he's like, again, he's been given the the. Already been awake for five days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like that all made sense with the characters and the story, the background, all that sort of stuff. Like that, just that was, yeah, it's so simple. It's such a little subtle little moment, mm-hmm. but that was a perfect way to do what they needed to do. Yeah, yeah. Good. I actually hadn't noticed that. So that's a good pickup. And I, I love the fact that there's an Asgard on board. Like he's a member of the crew, yeah, essentially. That's he's cool. There. Mm. And the thing I love the most is... Very Star Trekian. Yeah, that's yeah. one. Um, <laughs> but I love the fact that people, like he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't like it. He's he's so different to the other Asgard we've met. And it's kind you know, of... I feel like Thor's the only cool one. Well, yeah, that's yeah. true. But I feel like, you know, Thor and SG-1 have a personal connection. They're friends. Like, so they're nice to each other. And it's the reason we have an alliance with the Asgard now. And now what we're seeing is we're seeing that alliance in effect 
between two species like who don't know each other it's like hey you're gonna go and chill out on a on a human ship i love the fact that shepherd is kind of like put off by asgard he's just like they're kind of fucking weird why are they why are they naked i don't i didn't even notice it oh it might be it might be the next episode um but he he he's really uncomfortable in asgard and you can tell that asgard doesn't want to be i love the way like the asgard mutters under its breath like in asgardian yeah like just whinging and bitching and stuff like that like it's really really cool and it's uh what's the name novak and she's just like oh hermia's not gonna like that um, yeah, what was his um, name? Like, so Hermiad. I think it's Hermiad. Yep. Hermiod, apparently. H-E-R-M-I-O-D. Ah. I think for me, the whole arrival of the and you guys had said in our season one rank when I was talking about it, you know, looking forward to watching part three, and you're like, oh, there's a moment. There's a there's a moment early on, and you're just gonna lose your shit. And I didn't really think about that going in, but also it's the benefit for me having not watched um part one and two for so long is that i forgot about i guess a lot of the setup and even in the previously on there they do mention about the daedalus until it gets here i just must have been watching faces or probably even saw that the the colonel whatever he is and just been like oh dickhead like not really thinking about what he was saying so when the daedalus showed up i'm like oh Oh shit like yeah that is happening oh that's cool and it wasn't even a oh that's convenient like it is he was literal sections away from you know making a self-sacrifice but at the same time they had set that up you know what an hour earlier in viewing time so it made total sense that we should have been expecting that so that was awesome and yeah the the, the asgard like i've forgotten a lot of the setup with the daedalus and if there's stuff that i should know or either i'm just not remembering stuff that i will learn in seasons nine and ten or ongoing in atlantis i have no idea oh um, yeah that's true the, the no because i think that, that wasn't it just the only mention was that carter said it that the daedalus is up and running and it's heading off to the, the, the start of mobius remember though yeah it started with that shot on the screen and you just see a weird outline where it still kind of looks like the prometheus outline mm. and she's like oh the daedalus it's their new next gen blah 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 it's built oh in. yeah it's on the briefing screen right yeah oh, i mean built, no, built yeah. in on uh built in with asgard technology instead of being retrofitted like prometheus yeah but it's on its way we never saw and, it no and dan and then about how daniel was supposed to be on it like he was going to go on it and then all, all that kind of and then mobius happens i mean though what's the Again, I forgot him. He told me 20 minutes ago. The um, Colonel Everett. Everett, right. Whenever it showed up at what the start of um, part two, he said that the Daedalus was coming, didn't he? Like he said, yes. they've got they've got a, Z, a ZZPM and they'll be here in a couple of days. And <laughs> you, totally, then, you totally just made that sound like a gender neutral starship. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> Z slash I don't want yeah. to assume what country it comes the, from. The, the, De- the Daedalus uses ZZ pronouns. Right. It's 2022. ZZ slash zero it's 2022. I don't want to assume pronunciation. Okay. Okay. I'm not, we're not, as a show, we're oh, not shit. about that. I'd just like to I make think, that clear. I'm, I'm totally down yeah. for us from now on. I, I'm willing to come to the party and be like, I will call it a ZZPM from now on. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm sold. It's Holy a ZZPM. Shit. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that so much. We do that on our um on our Twitter profile. You know how there's a lot of actors and, and <laughs> yeah, they do their oh, pronouns. They put pronouns. They he, yeah. him, or whatever. Like, can we put Z? We refer to as Z. Yeah, Z-Z-P-M. our pronouns are ZZPM. Okay, excellent. Let's do that. that we'll so make we'll, once this podcast goes live, we'll oh make that God. change to I love reflect that so it. Much. <laughs>
I hope someone finds us. What does Z slash Z mean? Like you get it. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Previously on the bit we just played before, he he said it not in the moment where he stepped out of the gate, but it was another moment saying the Daedalus is coming or something. So I had forgotten about two moments in Atlantis alone, let alone the sort of little sprinkling in um, in SG One mm. that it was uh, it was going to come through with a hail mary. But yeah, um, there was just so much still. There was so much else going on that it wasn't like I was like, oh well, that's convenient because it wasn't like they showed up and everything was saved. There was still a lot of shit going on, and then the fact that there was. A member of the Asgard there, and I'm like, I didn't mm. know that we had like brought in help to, and no, we're learning that through, and then we we're getting the um the other what what rank would she be? I don't know. Whoever's minding him, and she's great, like interpreting for him, and like she knows. Oh, Novak, she's wants. she's just like a star sergeant. She's yeah. like she's very similar to Walter. She's um... I like I like Novak. She was great, even the moment was like telling to look. He's not gonna like this. Like she yeah. she knows him mm. a bit more on a personal level, like to the point where she's actually gonna not go through with orders straight away because she's order. worried about how pissed off and uh, yeah we were so. we were first introduced to novak in prometheus unbound she was the one with the hiccups she had the hiccups right. yeah. and yeah, was yeah, drinking yeah. the water on the other side of the glass and stuff but no, um like but yeah so a little bit of i guess backstory slash forward story for the daedalus is i was hoping you would get excited about it but i know that and this is i guess a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen season nine and ten of, of sg1 which mitch has he's already seen Daedalus class ships he's seen the odyssey mm. you know all that kind of stuff so i was like ah, oh, it kind of sucks because you know chronologically this is the first time we see a Daedalus class ship mm. and i just i love that first being the trekkie that i am i just love that first scene where um shepherd's beamed on board and you just see the bridge it's all clean like they've it's i mean it's still the prometheus bridge they've just taken that thing on the back and turned it 90 degrees that little weird mm. grid light up thing and mm. just the, the smoothness, the Star Trekness of it. And he's like, okay, weapons, blah, 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 be doing this, helm, doing this, shields up. Blah, I'm, I'm just frothing over that. So I was like, I, I really hoped Mitch would get all that sort of juiciness, um, <laughs> given that, you know, he already knows about Daedalus Plus starships. But weapons then, yeah, to maximum yeah, power. I mean, yeah, like I... at one point he even calls the weapons officer webs like and for years i thought that character's name was webs like his, his last name oh, was Webb, funny. and he's like webs target blah blah he's, i had a, the um captions on when i watched it the first time recently and it actually just says webs like he's just abbreviated weapons officer to webs he's got helm and webs and he's like webs target blah 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 but yes so what you were saying before with the the zzpm is so with <laughs> With that connected up to the Daedalus, they got to Pegasus from Earth in four days, which mm. is the one thing Stargate ships have over Star Trek ships is the speed, the sheer speed. Like for a Star Trek ship to cross the Milky Way it would take over 70 years. Seven years. At maximum speed. <laughs> they can leave the Milky Way galaxy and get to um, Pegasus in four days. <laughs> Uh, that's that's with the Z, ZZPM. Yeah. Without that, and this is probably this is a little bit of a spoiler for Mitchell, but in the next episodes, it's established that for the Daedalus to travel back and forward from Earth, it, it a one way trip is like three weeks, yeah. which is still pretty fast considering yeah. Star, Star Trek. You know, it would take them a hundred years or one hundred and fifty years. You know, our ships are doing it in three weeks. How come yeah. we don't all turn into lizards? Still adrift, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you get to warp yeah Damn. thinking about time passing and i'm jumping ahead a little bit but just thinking about everett 
and uh, obviously, like he was pretty messed up. And well, actually, before I get into that, I, as much as I hated him or hated the really poorly done ADR at the start of episode two, which really put me off, but oh, I yeah. really dug the moment where he called Shepard in and was like, oh, he yeah, said sorry good. without saying sorry. And he mm. said, I wanted to die. I wish you were there to kill me without saying any of those words. But I love that. Hey, you know, play I it? hated you for what you did. Yeah, let's play it. I, I just thought this scene was really good and saved the character for me. And uh, otherwise, yeah. it was a really nice that. emotional moment of the episode. This shipping me out with the next batch of wounded. I wanted to finish our conversation. Yes, sir. I owe you an apology. No, sorry you don't. I think I have a pretty good idea. I would have done the same thing as you did when you found Colonel Sumner. It's what I wanted to tell you. Well, none of that matters right now, sir. I'm trying to say. I wish you had been there for me. You had me at hello. You're gonna be fine, sir. Why don't you get back to Earth? I said what I had to say. Get back to work. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah that's that's great from both. Like that. What I love, even just that moment where he said, I wish you were there for me in the tears, that tells you a lot about that character. Like, I get from mm. that, this guy, he would consider mm. suicide uh, a real coward's way out. And the idea of wanting to die rather mm. than dying in battle, but choosing to die to escape it. And, and then he, also, in that moment, yeah, he, he changed who he was for those seconds because of this unimaginable grief that he was going through. And then... Oh, Flanagan too in that moment that what he was doing without saying anything before he goes oh none of that matters anymore like it was the the respect the appreciation that this guy was actually saying no you were right mm. um, but also then being the bigger man and going I don't he doesn't I don't need yeah, to feel better about this pretty like, modest yeah yeah he was yeah. so modest I, I just yeah he, he definitely did yeah. say without saying it he basically said I would rather, rather be, dead be dead than what I am now mm. and and, yeah. and the way he credits given that he was so hard on um, Shepard and the fact that he, uh, he totally understands it, he totally gets it now and you kind of forgive him being a douche for the first two episodes. The only thing that slightly sort of rubbed against me was he let his guard down, you know, gave Shepard that and then shut it down again and, and brought back up that douchey bravado with that one line where he's like, I said what I had to say or I said what I needed to say. I was like, mm. oh, he's put that douchey bravado back up again. But other than that, like, I would have liked it if that wasn't there. And if instead of Shepard just trying to comfort him, which is what caused Everett to shut him down, I wish um, Shepard had just gone straight into the salute. Like, it hadn't tried mm. to, you know, connect with him emotionally <laughs> like that. And I think that would have been a little bit of a nicer moment. But the other stuff was fantastic. Mm. I, d I am curious, though, like, he said he's being shipped off, you know, back home on the Daedalus um, with all the other wounded and stuff like that. What, what's the cover story going to be when he gets back to Earth? 
and he's aged <laughs> that far. This what? is exactly why I brought it up. I'm like, I hope he's got no family because yeah. <laughs> it's one thing to come back. I hope back, he dies alone. I, it's one thing to come back injured <laughs> from somewhere, right? It's one thing to come back sick. But if you come back looking 25 years older than when you left, there's mm. going to be some splaining to do. Like, what yeah. do you tell people? Like, oh, I got a bad bee sting. It's swelling. I'm not sure whether it or my gray hair will ever go back to the way they were. What you I ran into that? Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> He fought Ken Watanabe me, like just all over the place. Uh, uh, yeah, next to a, a weird giant one. black hole. Like, is he just basically just going to be like sequestered away for the rest of his life? Like, even the best case scenario is maybe like if he say he's got like a wife and a couple of you know grown kids at home. Probably not because he's a douche. But <laughs> like, it's like his immediate family might like a one percent chance of getting enough security clearance to be told what actually happened but mm. it's like all his friends aren't like he's ext- mm. he's got any because he's a douche but it's like any of his like extended will like, be military group. friends but yeah yeah so it's Back like in is he just basically just you know on a medical military pension for the rest of his life in his home not allowed to i don't see think he would last very long he probably only la- he's well yeah be in a hospice it's you know it's a three week trip back on the Daedalus, so I wonder if he survives yeah. that and gets home in time. Wouldn't they have? Wouldn't they just open a wormhole to the Milky Way and send him through? It would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, even just to. I guess they're on. just trying to save power or whatever. Yeah, uh, you're not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you barely, you've got you've got four weeks to live. You can take the slow trip back on the Daedalus. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You'll be right. Something I did notice, and it's probably my favourite shot of the entire episode, is when the Daedalus, after having taken out a bunch of those hive ships when they go on the offensive, and it comes back to Atlantis and it lands, and it's like, oh, we need need the shields as well. Brendan, have you ever noticed this? I only noticed it the first time when I rewatched it a couple of weeks ago. The Daedalus doesn't actually land on Atlantis. It lands, it lands on, on the, the water. On the water in between yeah. some of the piers. Yeah. I had never noticed that before. That makes it even more badass because it's like mm. the shield is, is, yeah, well, like the shield is coming underneath it. And because it kind of almost, you see little um, like landing struts come down and stuff like that. So it's like, all right. It must be like perched on the shield or something like that. I don't know. Oh, the shield of the ship. Well, no, I was thinking the shield of Atlantis. So it's like Atlantis. Yeah. So maybe there's like some kind of shield and it lands on that. I don't know. No, I it thought could... I thought it was just like floating. Well, I, I like... just thought I saw landing gear is all, but it could could have just landed on the water, I suppose. It's um, pretty either way, yeah. it's super cool. I just it's one of the best just the way the lighting is all shot. Yeah, I mean, so like, it just looks so good. I guess that's what the ancient ships like. That's what was weird to me. The size of the Daedalus. And I'd not going to spoil anything, but I imagine that that those docks would be made for Atlantis, some kind of Atlantis boats or spaceships or something. You reckon? Well, if the Daedalus landed there, like it looks like it was almost made for it. But the piers are all like those weird shapes. Like when you see like a cross section of Atlantis, like none of mm. the piers are the same shape. Even at one point, there's because there's there's six piers all up on Atlantis. Two of them are actually connected. There's like a little crossover bridge between two, um, yeah, between right. two of the piers. I haven't something, studied it that much. I remember something when Atlantis very like first came out and it was Craig who noticed it 
on one of the piers, there's just these two pillars poking up. And he, to, his, to him, he said, they look like, um, not rudders, but you know, like on the back of like, like an F-14 jet or whatever, it's got like those two tail fins. Yeah. Like sitting up, he's like, he's like, I reckon that's what they are. I reckon that's for like, really? it's, it's a city ship and it travels. He's like, well, if it's flying through space, it, I mean, not that it would need it flying through space, but it almost looks, air. yeah, it almost just looks like these two like tail fins sticking straight up on the, right on the tip of one of the piers. And yeah, that always stuck with me, even though it never really gets any payoff or anything in the, in the episodes. But I was like, yeah, that, that's kind of cool. Given that it is like a- Maybe it's ship. a weather main. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> like something boring. <laughs> But um, but yeah, and that's yeah. The, the other thing too is is something that Stargate never does is never gives us like locked in logistics of how much bigger than the Prometheus is the Daedalus. Are they the same size? Like they look bigger, like from the way you can sort of look at it. But it's like we never know. When we've spoken about this, like we don't know how big Atlantis is, like in terms of meters or anything like that. Yeah. We just don't know how big it is. They mentioned Manhattan. Um, it's like, but that's about the only reference we get. Yeah. Um but the amount of rooms. Yeah, but then sort of when you see like windows and stuff like that, then you're like, and you know, the only real comparative thing we have is like the garage roof, like where the where the puddle jumpers come out, right in the middle of um the, the central tower. And then yeah, obviously we know that the Daedalus can fit inside one of those little pier puddles, but we don't know which one it lands in, and they're all kind of different sizes. So it's like that's true. But yeah, good point. Mm, it was very, a, it was a freaking sweet shot, shot though. Yeah, yeah, the the thing is with those shots, you get nerds like us arguing about <laughs> little bits of dialogue. Yeah, that they yeah, have said exactly. Or could have said. Yeah, that's funny. No, I love that. I, speaking of Atlantis itself, I we're probably jumping ahead here now, but we when um, they decided to kind of play that ruse and try to make make it look like that is useful. That Taylor was useful. Correct. <laughs> I tell you what, she has got splendid timing. And she was like, the look at her, she's like, and I can convince the Wraith that we are dead. Message yeah. sent. Boom. What? Who did you talk to over there? Oh, don't worry the about it. The message is guys. delivered. Mm. I was hoping they would like, she would connect to it and they'd have to like role play what they're planning to do. Mm. You know what I mean? That so would have been really cool. So it's just like she's watching them do it, do the role play. Oh, we're going to self-destruct and blah, blah, blah. And then she drops her connection. That would have been better than just her no. on a bed again. She just basically like connects and goes, we're going we're gonna to self-destruct. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then hope they buy. They and then she comes back all sassy. Message delivered. Because I think that was kind of like a meant to throw you off as like, oh, the Wraith's got her again. That's what I kind of thought. Mm, yeah. But the Wraith's taken over her body again. Nah, not so much. But anyway, like, we but need, anyway, but we need the, main, the main thing something in the last yeah. 20 minutes. What can she do? <laughs> can All she the Wraith record the this and just go up and give them the videotape? Yeah. Like, Maybe we should have a go check on the mainland. Oh no, we evacuated those guys, so she can't even oh, yeah. do that. And she picked some beets. Um, <laughs> so basically, my question was: they set off a nuclear bomb above Atlantis. The shield protects them. Sweet. The wraith can't detect that the city's still there because of the the explosion. 
And the radiation. Um, and this, yeah, the radi- the radiation is what I'm trying to get to anyway. Mm. Because Rodney says, I'm trying to wait before I switch to to cloak because basically we're without shields then. And he's like, just give us yeah. five seconds. And then she's like, hurry up. It's been five seconds. I'm like, five seconds? Is that all it takes for radiation to dissipate from a nuclear bomb? Mm. Like it was yeah. literally above your head. That, mm. Like, so I looked up a little bit. I didn't go into huge detail, but it affects your central nervous system. And is the main cause of death, as we've seen in Meridian between 24 and 48 hours of those amongst, um, amongst those who are exposed to 50 gray. Now, fallout radiation decays relatively quickly. Most areas become fairly safe for travel and decontamination after three to five weeks. Yeah, wow. Not seconds, so basically, say. and then it says like, it's talking about like what happens if you're in a, in a fallout. It says, however, if you know that you have a poor shelter, like they do, and you know that there's a better shelter nearby, wait at least an hour before moving. <laughs> yeah. Like in worst case scenario. I guess. So potential radiation exposure decreases by 55% in the first hour. So five seconds wasn't going to cut it. They're all going to be yeah. Daniel Jacksoning it. Just raining down. Yeah, I guess, I guess the way I always bought it was it's like there was some line about how McKay had done the calculations at what altitude they needed to detonate the bomb as well like it wasn't like they detonated it yeah but right. don't forget they did that super wide shot um, and yeah maybe you, again, you it's see the, all the clouds and all that kind of stuff and yeah it's like the very far top of it yeah so again that could be again like we said the cgi screwing yeah, the CGI plot letting it, yeah yeah but in my mind but, it was like mckay worked it out so it's like well he was able to so we're all good <laughs> yeah even even be like you know ten thousand kilometers above the um city is where he detonated because all they wanted the yeah. i mean it probably wouldn't help with sensors and stuff on the race ships for the initial explosion but all they they just wanted the ships to see the explosion and then when it all cleared no atlantis so but yeah having what you said there it's like oh yeah they probably didn't science the science to figure out I mean, I guess they could always hide behind the fact maybe it was it's a Nakwater enhanced uh, nuclear bomb. Uh, um, it's not so as there's, radioactive. There's less fallout. Um, yeah. I some they, some some bullshit like that is what Martin Giro would do for not science and science. <laughs> Giro. All right, so here it is. For those listening, you won't be able to see it, but you can hear it. This is the very cool shot kind of like POV of the Wraith looking at down at Atlantis with the full shields up and the clouds and the water. So then you go, boom. Yeah, granted it's above it, but then they go to a wide shot here. The mushroom cloud envelops Atlantis completely. Oh yeah, because you can see the water in the bottom of the shot. If we switch to cloak before the blast radius diminishes, we'll all be incinerated. Five seconds. Stand by to engage sublight engines on my mark. Standing by. So five seconds. Mm. Yeah, and you're right in that wide shot where you see the mushroom cloud, you can see the water. So it's really yeah. not as high as, as I'd always thought. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to say, and I'll get a lot of shit for this. I liked the Weir Shepherd hug. I liked the hug. Uh, at like the when start, he beams, when he arrived back. When he arrived back after she mm. thought he died. 
and then just kind of stopped and then hugged. I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. And then just the, it's like, we got to, you know, I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. No, we got to stop doing yeah. this. Yeah. I wish there was less sexual tension because there still was a little bit of sexual tension there, I feel. But that could just be natural chemistry between the two of them. With who? Weir and uh, Shepard. Weir and Shepard with the hug, like when he when he beams back down. Yeah, I thought she was going to kiss him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I love that because it's like, well, well, Hammond never got to hug anybody. I would have loved like, you know, him to just like, hug Teal'c when they come back from a mission or something like that. Well, remember Carter got. cut her hand and he grabbed her hand? How's your hand? That's right. That was what, Feeling 1969 up. or whatever it was. That was about as close then he just as he ever moves, got. slowly moves it towards his crutch. Like <laughs> <laughs> they, they cut away from that. He totally Louis C.K. it. Yeah. <laughs> do you mind that, if I do this? That's why you don't <laughs> see any pot plants in the base. Oh, <laughs> you don't know. Under the desk, <laughs> Can you imagine what would have happened if Hammond was there in that episode when Jack was in charge with a plant was taking over the base? That would have been Hammond's episode where he was just like just jacking it all over the base. Yeah, just every God, yeah. every time he see a, he saw a plant come through. Walter, yeah. So the self destruct is going to be a hot night tonight. <laughs> hey, um, Mitchell, is this the first time you've seen? the handheld wraith stunners like the little squirt gun like mm. pistol sized ones i, I want th- to say that it is yeah i mean I, I think it is too they never they kind of it becomes like atlantis's version of a zat but we don't have the clunky introduction of it like we did with the zat at the end of season one beginning of season two of sg1 yeah they're kind mm. of just i think production wise they realize those big giant dildos with the spikes on the end of them <laughs> cannon things that the wraith had were just kind of too clunky because they disappear so as well and there's a there's a new wraith staff that's introduced this season well that looks like a um like an electric whippersnipper <laughs> um that they start using but then they yeah they start using these handheld ones and i think this is the first time we saw oh it. didn't they but, have the whippersnippers last season no they have the big the big dildos with the spikes on the end of yeah them. i know they had that i just yeah, yeah okay I don't think we've seen the whippersnipper yet. Because remember the whippersnippers were from the... Um... We're gonna make a daughter come yeah. through! Yeah. That one. They basically look like those, but rectified yeah, a little bit. they are. Yeah. Those. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to double check if, if you'd seen them before, Mitch, but... I think that's the first time I, rem- I rem- recall seeing it on this rewatch because I was yeah. like, hang on, did they just get stunned by it? And what is that? Yeah, like, like a little look water like a water pistol. pistol. Yeah. Yeah. Just and it's kind of funny because it's like through the siege one and two none of the wraith have them then suddenly in the siege part yeah. three the wraith have them so they clearly made them like in the off season and went we need something a little smaller i'm wondering they've always made... had it in their sidearm pockets yeah i want i'm wondering if it was made purely for that really cool scene like the ambush like where where mckay is there with those two guards when he's trying to get the zp zpm to the zpm room <laughs> um <laughs> And there's those like cool like track. I guess you two as as like movie nerds would love the like the tracking shots, like where it's like where it's following McKay and his escort, and then it goes over to the wraith and then pulls back, like that whole scene where and then Taylor comes in at the end and saves Rodney. Mm. You guys I don't remember the shots. Oh really? I do. I do remember the. I remember the when like Rodney finally grows some balls and whips out his gun and drops a magazine. Yeah, on the magazine floor. pops right out. <laughs> he hilarious. had so many good spots in this episode, like so many good yeah, moments did. in this episode like that episode one that i pointed out to mitch i remember was um 
when they're when they're doing like, oh, we're gonna get proactive and, and go on the attack. And then McKay's like, if my calculations are correct, at least she takes a and goes, huh. as if to say, well, of course they are. <laughs> uh, and then continues with the briefing. I'm just like, that is such a good fucking McKay moment. Like he's, a dick. he's such a dick, but you love him anyway. Like, I don't know how he does it. Like he's such a good actor. That's pretty amazing. Because you hate him in SG1 so much. Yeah, but just like if my calculations are correct, it's still the same character. Yeah, same character. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Mm. I've always had a thing for dumb barns. Like, (laughs) (laughs) hey, um, and we did, we did get a, I guess, a quasi resolution to something we've been talking about in the siege part one and two about wraith hyperdrives, and we'd even had that mailbag where they were like, oh, wraith hyperdrives are slower because of their organic nature and stuff like that we didn't get that but in this episode we wrote it down i said um mckay says wraith ftl is less effective than as the asgard aboard the daedalus not only are they slower they need to travel in a series of jumps yeah so that's kind of i think they confirmation of of that they they move yeah they move that kind of theory forward explaining yeah i feel i feel like in the siege part one they were kind of saying that the reason the wraith are stopping like making stops is because they're feeding they're picking feed, up food yeah. but it also now they're saying it also has something to do with their fear like they can't make long sustained jumps like the daedalus can and that's how yeah. like the daedalus beats them back to atlantis after like the daedalus takes that cool scene where the daedalus takes out like two or three of those like 12 hives why didn't they the why didn't they put the zpm back in the deadless for that see for that attack well what what good would it have done i guess like, would, he would have taken them all out because the only reason that they could only destroy kind of like two and a half ships mm. was because they didn't have the zpm no 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 the wraith no, were jamming, the wraith were jamming the um the beam they got the first yeah. two off and then the wraith Put up a jam. I still thing. reckon that was Hermioid not wanting to do it anymore. <laughs> it could have been. I, I do but, think that becomes an ongoing thing. Like, like they talk about. Oh like, yeah, they, I think they realize yeah. that it's it's too o- that's OP. Too easy. Yeah. Um. So they the the wraith jamming field is a thing but, moving. But forward. after that, they said, "Oh, the shields are down, and the reason we can't hold on any longer is because like we no longer have a ZPM, so we have to bail." Yeah, if if they had the Z- ZPM, ZPM, sorry for the folks. Um, <laughs> yeah, if they had the ZPM, like their shields would have been would have held up, and they might have had more time to figure out a countermeasure and not have to run. But yeah, they... I, I don't think Weir is ever going to let go of that ZPM now that it's now that it's in Atlantis. She ain't letting go. Yeah, I just thought it'd be would have been good to see mm. us kick their ass. Yeah, I guess they're also shield capabilities. I guess they're also probably trying to not make the ZZPM just this the thing that you can just pull it out of one, put it in the other, and whatever whatever thing has it is indestructible. Mm. Why not? Because I guess I guess well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they they did say um, when they were like under the bombardment, McKay was like, "Oh, look, if this keeps going." the ZP, ZZPM will be done in a couple of days or a week yeah. or whatever it was. So I guess, yeah, days, if, I think he said if they took it out on the um, Daedalus, it would have used up even more of its power 
and and not been as useful. So there could also be some, you know, military things like well, his orders were to get the ZZPM to Atlantis, boom. Yeah, and it's mission like accomplished. The, the orders might be the ZZPM now belongs to Atlantis and it stays at Atlantis. The whole reason we did all this is to get it there to preserve Atlantis. And I guess in a lot of ways, the Daedalus is more expendable than Atlantis? True. Question mark? True. Maybe? But no, it definitely is. Very cool scene. Very, very, very I just cool. thought it'd be cool to take out six ships, six hives with the mm. Daedalus. It would have been pretty badass. Even the, even the two being taken out was pretty damn badass. Mm. Like the way like when they come out of hyperspace and it's like we're hiding behind that planet or moon or whatever it is just to stay out of sensor range. So f***ing Star Trek. I love it. Oh, oh boy. That's two. I mean, Probably I'm done. Ten. I'm, I'm done. So uh, I, can, I can do a third at some point and I do want to make a quick mention of um, Weps, who I uh, brought up earlier, the weapons officer of the Daedalus. That is Jamie Bell from Korai. Remember way, way, way back in season one when we ah. talked about Korai and there's that one guy with the weird helmet on who looked like Jamie Bell? Yeah. That's him. He is also the... <laughs> he was I not know who Jamie Bell is. <laughs> Jamie Bell, Billy Elliot. Oh, why didn't you say it? Billy Elliot, um, Jumper. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. Um, in that horrible... Jumper? Fantastic. Oh yeah, he was in Jumper. Yeah, he was like Griffin in um in Jumper. He's good in that. Um, that was a good movie. I don't know Elton. why they didn't make more sequels. No, yeah, sick. yeah, that was a fantastic movie. Elton John's manager? No, no, not his manager. The songwriter in uh, that's in right. Rocket Man. In Rocket Man, that's right. He's great. He's a he's, he's awesome. Solid. Well, yeah. So this actor was also in The Warrior. He was one of the um the Jafar that sacrificed themselves for Imhotep, like where they strapped the bomb to their chest and ran through the Stargate. He was oh, one of those yeah. guys. And yeah, he's the he's the voice of Cyclops from um, X Men Evolution. So he he is Cyclops to Chris Judge's Magneto. That is so badass. Nice. <laughs> I love that so much. Chris Judge's Kratos, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he was Magneto first. <laughs> Back when you were allowed to voice a character that didn't have the same skin color as you do in real life. <laughs> uh, 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 it's not. It's okay if it's reverse. <laughs> pretty sure that's how it works back when uh ford took all the enzymes and pissed off shepherd said he's gonna go after um ford and elizabeth says now's not the right time i was just wondering when would be the right time <laughs> yeah it's literally the only time because shepherd says it himself as soon as he gets to the next planet he's gonna dump the jumper and just go back through the gate hey because that's the smartest thing to do. And B, someone pointed it out online, because he'd have to, because Ford can't fly jumpers because he doesn't have the ATA gene. I thought he did. No. So someone's pointed out Ford doesn't have the ATA gene. The only reason he was able to get it from the garage through the Stargate is because that is an automated process done oh. by Atlantis. As soon as he gets the ship through, that thing's dead. It ain't working. It's not welcome. So <laughs> he would have just... had. So I wonder if they do actually off screen go and get it. Like there's just a, yeah. a jumper just sitting on a planet. No, now. I was I was actually talking about the, the part. It was probably like the 34 minute mark where he steals the enzymes. He says, "Don't come after me." And then he, whether you know they were they're doing. Oh, the die where hard. he's just running around the city. Yeah, and Shepard's like, "I got to go after him." And she's like, "It's not the right time because at that that was the point where." McKay and Zelenko are working on the shields to 
to um cloak. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were stealing the cloak. And I was like, well, what? What? When would be the right time? Because he's basically got nothing to do for three hours. Yeah. So he might as well go after Ford. Sure. Was just she just didn't want him. Well, I guess to leave I guess again. Ford can't go anywhere either. It's too like, wet. Ford can't go anywhere or do anything because what's he gonna do? But then yeah, he goes still jump up. <laughs> and that that actually does remind me of that uh, that other great moment that one of the other great moments McKay had where when we're like I love this idea I really do, and then she's like How long is it gonna take? And Zelenka's like three weeks Ooh, or whatever, <laughs> and McKay's like three couple hours? of hours, yeah. like. Weeks, what are you, union or whatever he says? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hourly, what are you? Hour, that's actually an archer joke. They're like, What are you, hourly? <laughs> yeah, what are you part of the union? Oh, so oh. good. The only thing I was going to contradict myself with that whole <laughs> the only thing that they could sit with the whole radiation fallout mm. was I was just thinking, like, obviously, Atlantis is a ship, so could the walls of the city act as like a hull against radiation or am i just clasping it through straws here no, trying to save zero no oh. i i think that would track maybe yeah maybe yeah, that was part of mckay mckay's calculation mm. was um like the windows are flimsy we've seen wind blows them out but yeah <laughs> don't talk to me about I, I don't want to spoil anything, Mitch, but don't talk to me about windows blowing out of Atlantis. <laughs> One of the worst scenes in existence for me personally. Uh, seeing, a, seeing a big glass window get blown out. It, I still have PTSD about it. I love it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, that, that tracks because I guess, and then using forward knowledge of um, Stargate Universe is, you know, ancient ships there deal pretty well with radiation like the hull itself deals pretty well with radiation mm. and that's a much older ship than what atlantis is so yeah, yeah no that, that could um that could buy it back so if they all had space suits right and they didn't have shields or they didn't have enough power to for shields they could fly atlantis into space without shields maybe if they were wearing some kind of oxygen well space suit again i don't want to ruin any forward things but it's being the star trek person that i am like even a star trek ship when it doesn't have shields its main deflector is active and like star wars has it as well like they have deflector shields that's like when you because you know a rock this big when you're going at those kind of speeds will put a hole in the hull of your ship so they have they project out that deflector shield like it's a a snow magnetic field a cow catcher on the front of a train to push any debris out of the way. So, yeah. um, I mean, I guess that's not really a thing for Stargate because they go into yeah. like a hyperspace, hyperspace. window rather than yeah. subspace. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Hmm. It's cool though. It's cool to theorize this kind of stuff. Mm. I like it. All right, it's time for it's the get into gate. Harry Mailbag, mailbag, mailbag. I've got one here from Jeffrey, Mr. Skeltor. Oh, says, Jeff Dog. Jeff Dog, the Skel. The Skel. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. <laughs> <laughs> he says so, and I'm only saying he because he's, you know, it's Mr. Skelter. So he's Don't giving assume. me pronouns. He's given me pronouns. He's Mr. So uh, he says, I've been a huge Stargate. I've been on a huge Stargate kick as of late. Late being, I think he said this to us in November, but we won't go there. I digress. 
Uh, all up to date on getting to gate and want to find another Stargate podcast to listen to. Well, I started listening to another one. I won't say their name. And I have to say, <laughs> they sucked. But I he should didn't have... say their name. <laughs> he did say their name. I'm just not going to say it yet. Um, I'll give it if people want it, but we'll see how we go. Um, I, I should have known something was funky. I'm thinking that's supposed to be funky, but I like that he said funky instead. I should have known something was funky when I noticed they have four hosts three of which are lifelong Stargate fans and one is watching it for the first time. What? Mm, sounds familiar. Well, that, well hey, they we are... stole it first. Yeah, we stole it first. Get in line. <laughs> well, they are super PC to the point where at one point they say Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, was not a movie they would let their kids watch because of the type of humor it has. Well, that's couldn't be any more different from what this podcast. Uh, hmm. Maybe they. Just no, I understand it. what it means, but it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Oh, words, then, but you but wouldn't. That let... Doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But the worst sin, no pun intended, was in their first commandment episode when they said quote and i found the podcast and i listened to it and they definitely said this <laughs> quote this is when the show's writing gets real good because they brought on robert c cooper and he just bumped it up in first commandment guys first commandment that was our worst episode of season one yeah and they said this is when the show gets real good because they brought in oh, he cooper bumped, he bumped it up well, just bumped it up um <laughs> Jeffrey then goes on to say, Jeffrey goes on to finish. I couldn't even finish the fucking episode. They were sucking his sack so hard. All in all, it made me miss you guys more. Um, it sounds like the- it's done in like some type of, you know, piss take reaction to our own. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything like is the inverted. According yeah. to this guy, yeah. which, you know, bizarro might, world. might be 10 things similar but yeah it's a bizarre world version of us like i mean i'm i'm intrigued now i want to go and and have a listen at least half an episode I'm oh look one, if only he'd given us the name of, of the podcast but mm. he didn't. oh what a shame okay if anyone wants to know just slip into my dms and i'll um <laughs> you know the podcast so thank you jeffrey that was it's fascinating secret, secret. <laughs> reese wrote twist that podcast is hosted by low pitch <laughs> <laughs> get low pitch back on the podcast <laughs> hey guys gary from melb here again still love listening to you guys but i've had to cut back to just listening to the podcast on my way to and from work now just up to the ranking of season eight and it occurred to me while i was listening in the episode it's good to be king the stone pillar made by janice assumed was carved by him in the past but he has to be present for all those events to be able to write them down so logically, Janice is present and observing SG1 during the events of the episode. That's an interesting That's very point. cool. In the mm. same time jumper that SG1 find and use. Um, I've just checked, and this means that I'm up to date. Oh, my God. Who will I listen to when driving to and from work now? Uh, who will have crazy conversations about gag technology and weird ways to use it? Can't wait for more. Love it. And um, and what is the gift? It's the... Austin Powers. Oh no, I've oh, no. gone. I've got oh no, no, I've gone cockeyed. <laughs> cockeyed, isn't it? What it says. Oh, that's what I thought it said. Cross-eyed. Oh, maybe it's maybe it's cross-eyed. Oh, maybe no, I've just I've got cock on the brain. That's Gary D. Thank you, Gary. 
Huck on the D. I'm not going to mark that one as red. Oh, Gary D's got a also got some, a fish tank with Stargate in it. Good man. Nicely done, Gaz. Nice. Kevin Weaver sends us a uh, DM on Instagram. Please tell me after Universe you'll do Infinity. It's better than Universe. I actually like the theme song and have watched the entire series. It's the, shit, but better than Origins. The theme song is fire. Like it's one of those. Yeah, like, I like the, we've played that before. I think. Yeah, it's and good. I think Very like nineties. Could be, it could generate some good laughs. Laughs. Yeah. I've, yeah. If it's I, readily available. No. If it's readily available, because obviously, it only really works too if anyone listening to the podcast can watch it easily yeah, as well. So if it's, if, I mean, should. if they're all on YouTube, then great. And we can even like post links for people to be able to watch it um, if it's available somewhere. I wonder if and you yeah. can make it kind of private if we uploaded it on our channel and see if they. Oh, yeah. It. I mean, we, we could definitely do. I mean, you know what I mean? We could definitely just, upload it on YouTube, make it unlisted, and then people could just have a yeah, link. Yeah, but even if we made it listed and just see what happens. Yeah. It yeah. might just get demonetized from that month. Again, we'd have to find it somewhere and then rip it and then upload it. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, we could have a look true. at it. Poke some fun at Do it. Do a full not? one huge video of every single one. Yeah. All right. That's episode 190. Jesus. Good to Ooh, finally say that number. Ooh, Ooh, baby. Get into gay. That was uh, Atlantis starting off this new wave of new seasons. Now we're back to SG1. On the next episode. Now, Maddie, correct me if I'm wrong. It's two episodes. It's not a double episode, but it's two episodes of SG1 before we come back to Atlantis. Well, that's what I want to talk to you guys about. So it's a two-part opener, Avalon parts one and two. Right. Okay. Right. But then the end of Avalon part two ends on a cliffhanger that rolls straight into episode three, Origin. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, A, either want to do all three episodes as one podcast or we do Avalon as one podcast, do Origin as the next podcast, and then come back to um, Atlantis to do the next episode, which I think is Intruder, because it literally takes place three weeks from the end of the siege. Mm-hmm. It, there's, a, there's a long gap to allow all this other stuff to happen in yep. SG-1. So it's up to you guys. I've already gone ahead and watched Origin, and I almost feel like that if we did that... <laughs> Ironically, being Origin, uh, the episode itself is probably not enough for a whole podcast. But if you guys don't want to try and squeeze in three into one, we can always do one podcast for Avalon Part 1 and 2 and then a separate podcast for Episode 3, Origin. I like the idea of doing the Avalon podcast and then an Origin. Um, yeah, I agree. Sort of be, yeah, stick with our continuity of the way that we do done. things. Yeah, because we've done some terrible episodes that came as good podcasts yeah. all right well that's cool good. So, so for anyone listening um lie like with us like now yep, in, in february 2022 we're oh, gonna do man. it's evergreen don't mention dates yeah, that's it. <laughs> well everything's posted <laughs> with an upload date so they know when it was uploaded <laughs> no nah. that doesn't matter imagination true yeah. true we're all after all we're australian so we're all paid actors um <laughs> So we're going to do next week, we're going to do Avalon parts one and two. The week after that, we're going to do SG-1 Origin. And then the week after that, we'll come back over to Atlantis and do Intruder. Nice. So I'm happy with that. Done. Cool, man. I start just me as the first watch now that we're done with the siege. I can just now officially count down. And when I say count down, I don't know when the countdown ends. I can just start counting the days, maybe up. I have to count up until we meet the great Ronan Dex. 
Rolling in I don't know who you're talking depths. about, mate. I've got oh, no idea. Stop it. You know me. I never ruin stuff in Stargate. <laughs> Come on. Why would I? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Ronan, Ronan Dex, the latest actor to join the Fast and Furious franchise as of about 10 Ooh. days ago. So, yep, Is this brought like on... the new Expendables now? Well, well the kind Expendables of in, was Fast and lost, Furious. They've lost mm. The Rock. He's told Vin Diesel to go and F himself, basically. So That's right. uh, wow. he's not coming back. Whereas, Guess he's uh, not family. No, nah, whereas Momoa, not family. he's about to join that family. Um, so. It's tough to see um, number nine. I saw it's up on Stan recently. I think uh, it's Stan, yeah, and then maybe? the rocks to fight divided Amazon. his maybe binge his fandom. Amazon he sided binge, with yeah. he sided with Joe Rogan, so everyone's yeah. angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would also like to say that uh, I think like we as a podcast and our massive platform, we should really make a stand and take ours off Spotify until Joe. Don't no. Joe Rogan is cancelled. Um, honestly, Ooh. like you're going to make Scotty Flashheart angry. Why? He said anyone who likes Joe Rogan can unfollow him. He's not. He's I not did. a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about it. I haven't been keeping up with uh, it. I I don't listen to that podcast well, anyway. The, the Every now and then, Brendan is... will send through little snippets of his podcast and stuff yeah. like that. But I've I don't listen to as as so. usual. The people who are the biggest haters. Lo- know the least amount about mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. yeah i definitely and i know we i know we are trying to get out of here but i um i did when all the controversy came up with the latest dave Chappelle special i made a point to actually go and watch the whole special and i i wasn't particularly offended or think he wait, was wait stop hang on you just didn't get offended and reacts without doing no i, I decided <laughs> that's the general yeah that's to, the general um, i decided oh. to uh Maddie, get you don't context in, you don't belong in this world you belong <laughs> like 15 years ago mate oh, yeah, it's, it's all reaction based i thought i'd get yeah. some context and and not take a quote uh out of context and get upset about it and go and, and educate myself about it <laughs> and then form my own opinion yeah. yeah i thought he was fine so but yeah i don't that's the last time I kind of paid attention to any kind of like cancel culture stuff. I have, I know nothing about the Joe Rogan stuff. So I, mm. I don't, I don't have an opinion either way about it. He doesn't, if he, if he disappeared tomorrow, it wouldn't affect my life any more than him doing his stuff now. So yeah, I don't know. Mm. No idea. I think he'll be okay. Like yeah. someone wrote on Twitter, uh, I bet Joe Rogan hopes that Spotify sack him because he yeah. gets to keep his hundred million dollars yeah. and then he'll go and create his own network. Yeah, yeah, and then make another hundred million dollars. Yeah. Neil Young can bite one. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll take your spot. You know, yeah. like God, yeah. You want to pay us hundred mil? We'll say whatever you want. ZZPM all day long. Whatever. If you can inject uh, a ZZPM, we'll tell you to do it. You know, we'll we'll experiment that. We'll do it for three hours with twenty minutes of advertising. That's the we'll do it. We'll do whatever you want. Yeah. All right, we'll be back Great next people. week to talk. About- <laughs> Yeah, stand, well, you know, no lo- stand no longer great people because they're, they're not, not streaming uh, Stargate no. anymore. Well, they're kind of great. They're good people because they've still got Universe and I think the movie. Yeah, wow. But not, not for much Atlantis longer. Atlantis or SG One, which is what yeah. we need. So even, so even MGM streaming doesn't want Universe, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no one's so got Origins. MGM yeah. like Prime created their own MGM streaming. Yeah, within Prime. So on top of whatever you pay, $6.99 a month or whatever for Amazon Prime in Australia, yeah. if you want access to the MGM streaming, you have to pay another $4.99 on top of that a month they've for got, access. Because they own Paramount, MGM, AMC. No, Paramount, because Paramount Plus has their own streaming service here in Australia. Oh, but I think you can get it through. 
Yeah, you can. You can't um, get it through Amazon. Through Amazon, right. yeah. 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 So I think everything they're offering, you have to pay 75 bucks. It's like, surely you could give me a sweet bundle deal for mm-hmm. 30 bucks for all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for that. But yeah, yeah. You go on the Foxtel route. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was doing my monthly budget the other day and I realized last month I spent $50 on streaming services for wow. the month. And I was yeah. like, That's life. the other thing. The weird thing is that um, Yellowstone's on Stan, but then the spin off, the 1885, whatever it is, is on. Yep. He's on Paramount. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. I'm like, what the f- Hold my shit. Hold, hold my shit. Take my earrings off. All the Star Trek... <laughs> here's, here's my three. All the Star Trek films are on stand. Oh, God. Yeah, right? There we go. Hang all on, the original... The- all the original... T- Have you muted me? You might be some of it. just got to mute you. All the original TV shows, <laughs> the four original TV shows are on Netflix. Some of the new... Oh, you cut out... <laughs> Spion. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm, I'm with him because they used to everything was on and i don't know whether now he can hear me uh, and whether what did you I'm say mate you want to be mate. muted too okay it's just me guys uh, those two are muted talking about star trek too long anyway this has been <laughs> get into gate episode 189 we're out of here you son Adios. of a bitch did i just unmute myself was i going to yeah, unmute myself just then yeah it's 190 how dare you it's not 189 I thought you said next week was 190. No, mate. It, no, pay okay, attention. Look, pay attention. Do it right, for God's sake. I'm like, sake. he said 190, so this must be 89. <laughs> More Star Trek talk. Night. Never yeah. next week. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. I'm with him. Watch those clicks come in. Fuck <laughs> you. Get into geek. You know, the funny thing is, there's so many people that wanted to know what you were about to say but yeah yeah it just got to the relevant stuff and then you muted me you (laughs) son of a bitch (laughs) clip into my dms everyone at high pitch man on instagram and we'll bitch about star trek being on five different streaming services in australia